What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the fifth episode of All Hot Talk. Like always, I'm your host, Adam Boys, joined along with Liam and Ben. But today, we have a special guest, Ray from Dundas, Ontario. Went to Greensville Public School, up to Spencer Valley, up to Dundas Valley, now ready for Ryerson. It's Nigel Gabachian, everyone. Welcome, Nigel. Thank you for having me, boys. I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk sports. I'm ready. Uh, that was a great intro. Thank you. Phenomenal no intro problem. showing the <laughs> rankings in the, in the development system of yeah. Dundas, Ontario. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been through the ringer, you know, had to get through the minor leagues now. I'm at Ryerson, so yeah, exactly. Um, Nigel, what was um, Boyas like in high school? What was Boyas like in high school? That's that's a good question. Uh, uh absolute lady killer right here, Adam Boyas. <laughs> uh, what can I say? He had uh, he, he had girls at his fingertips all the time. Um, genius like still you know he's still still smart lad he was in high school as well and yeah quite the uh i don't know if he's, he's bragged about this enough yet but uh grade 12 uh athlete of the year for dundas valley uh secondary school so wow quite oh, the athlete how quite the, the fuck athlete. that happened but <laughs> tennis basketball, yeah tennis play. and basketball also right? tennis run basketball you know playoff run solidified it yeah william ben how you doing today I'm good. Excited for uh, the UFC fights tonight. Uh, go out of Sonia. Uh, not too bad. Um, I got a good night's sleep last night, so I'm not as hungover as last time. So that's a bonus. Um, and I'm, I'm doing pretty well, you know. Excited for the fights and uh, excited to have a drink with the boys. All right, everyone. So today's going to be a bit of a different episode. We're going to have two main discussions about hockey and UFC. But before we get into that, Russell Wilson. Nigel's a Seahawks fan, so I'll be with we would bring this up. Russell Wilson rumors. Initial thoughts, boys. Yeah. The, so I brought this up uh, right beforehand. And the reason I'm bringing this up is um, two weeks ago when the kind of story came out, we were talking before the podcast. And you guys want to talk Russell Wilson? And the consensus was no, because we didn't think he was going to get moved. So why would we spend a, a decent amount of time having a conversation about it? But reports are coming out consistently that, like, there is a significant chance Russell gets moved. What are your thoughts on this, guys? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, from from my perspective as a Seahawks fan, I guess to to kick things off, obviously, uh, disappointing last five six seasons ever since uh, they lost in the Super Bowl to uh, the Patriots, and uh, honestly, I understand his frustration. Pete Carroll is a very stubborn coach, uh, likes to go by his game plan, which is like a run dominant offense, and clearly, when Russell Wilson's able to throw the ball, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We saw it in the first eight weeks last year. Uh, so I, I understand his frustration. I would perfectly respect him if he wants to demand to move away um, because he's, I think he's affecting his career by staying underneath uh, Pete Carroll right now. Wes, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it's tough to move a player like Russ Wilson, who's going to be a first foul all favor by the end of it, in my opinion. But I mean, as a Seahawks organization, I think you got to do what Russell wants. He's gave his heart and soul by organization. So if he wants to get moved, I think you do you do good by him and move him. You'll get a shit ton of picks from it and a lot of like callbacks. So I don't think they'll move him. Hopefully they can alleviate his concerns by addressing the offensive line and free agency, addressing the offensive line and draft to help protect him more so he doesn't get hit. Especially with JJ Watt coming to that division as well. Probably not Hello. something uh, Russell Wilson was too happy about, but I hopefully don't get moved. I love Russell's Seahawks uniform, but I think whatever he wants to do, I think the organization should do do him right. Dope, dope. I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that. But enough football talk. What's the main conversation today, boys? All right. So going back to the NHL roots, we're going to be talking about the top five positions at each play a position group. For a matter of time, we're going to combine winner, wingers, so left and right wingers being one category. 
We talk about centers, defense, and goalies. So BMAC, why don't you start us off with your top five positions for the center position? Yeah, so the first three are pretty obvious here. You got Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, and Nathan McKinnon. Gets a little more interesting at four. I got Leon Dreisaitl. And then five is where I think we might have some differences here. I still got to show the respect to Crosby. But Nate, I could be convinced for Eichel, Point, or a guy I really like in uh, Sasha Barkov. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, so I didn't have Leon Dreisaitl uh, as a center. I have him as a winger. Um, it's, you know, he, he plays both positions pretty frequently. Um, I love that. I love Barkov. I have, I have, uh, same three Crosby and Barkov and he doesn't get the credit he deserves, man. Like you put him on, uh, team Finland and in, in like, um, in the Olympics and people are gonna be talking about him. Oh, can he take down Canada? Like he's that good. He's a leader and phenomenal player. Yeah, for me, uh, I, uh, I I have the same top three as everyone else: uh, McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews. I don't. I love uh, Austin Matthews, big Leafs fan. I just don't think he's past. Uh, don't think he's past McKinnon yet. I think McKinnon is still one of the best players in the league, if not tied for best player in the league for me. Uh, after that, I go Dreisaitl. He's played enough center this year for me to put him in the center position. Uh, I mean, guy had like 110 points last year. Kind of hard not to, even though his defensive game is absolutely horrendous and he's a, he's not really a great defensive center. He's had a couple of shorthanded goals this year, but I still don't think he's the best defensive center. I put him at four and then five. I went with Braden Point. Uh, that guy carried the Tampa Bay Lightning last year to a Stanley Cup, did it without Stamkos. Uh, he's doing it still this year without Kucherov. And I, I think he's one of the most vastly underrated players in the league. A lot of people look at that draft class and look at players like Mitch Marner, but uh, Braden Point, quite the steal for the third round uh, or second round uh, pick for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, uh, I like the, I have the same top three. Uh, McDavid, I have Matthews at two, but it's interchangeable for Kevin at three. And then four, I have Barkov, but I'm counting Leon Dreisels in center in this. I just take, I'm taking Barkov over Dreisel just because I value two-way to two-way centers and i think barco is probably one of the best two-way centers in the league and number five like now you got braden point so no one has jack eichel that surprises yeah. me he's had a brutal year nice, <laughs> like it's kind of hard to for me it was hard i i think last year he had a decent year I, what does he have this year like four goals now three, five goals he, he's I had a tough year you know yeah, yeah oh is it some, yeah so and too. The fact that the whole apparently he wasn't actually injured and he was getting scratched by the Buffalo. I don't know. It's a bit of a shit show in Buffalo right now. One, one isn't a shit show in Buffalo. So for me, that's why I was kind of scared to to venture into him. But I do think Jack uh, Jack Eichel's a class player for sure. Yeah, he might he might be the most talented. He might be more talented than a, a Barkov or Point, but he's definitely, uh, in my opinion, not in that top five right now. Uh, he just doesn't play enough of a defensive game uh, for me yet. I got three honorable mentions. Sean Couturier. I like that. Pierre-Luc Dubois and Sebastian Ajo. Sebastian Ajo. Dubois isn't shot. even the best center on his own team. How will yeah, you don't worry he, about that right now? Okay? I didn't mention Shifley. I think Shifley got to be he's in that top 10 like, conversation too. Shifley's a dynamic player. like Another great two-way two-way forward, which I value a lot. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys. There's so many talented people that are center position that's so hard to consolidate a top five. I mean, the top three is consolidated, but after that, I think you can kind of put everyone and make a decent argument for someone to be four or five. So I'm writing an article on the Ottawa Senators right now. And one of the things is I, I kind of do a little bit comparison of a number one centerman to a QB. Do you guys think that there's comparisons between 
like having a number one centerman and the QB in, in terms of like the importance of their position and who the player is to their organization? I 100%. Yeah, I, I 100% do. Uh, I think you can look at it from a drafting perspective as well. How often do you see when there's two players who are neck and neck? Like, let's say uh, when it was Austin Matthews, Patrick Line, right? It's you have the center and you have the winger. Austin Matthews is always going to go first roll in that draft because he's the center. Similar to uh, football. The, if you have a quarterback, you know, if you have Trevor Lawrence, who might not be the most, well, okay, maybe this is obviously he's probably the most talented player in this draft class, but you have Trevor Lawrence, an incredibly talented player. You have other great skill players like Penny Sewell, one of the best O lineman prospects in a long time. He's never going to be able to go over a quarterback because of the value of the position. So I, I see the same thing in hockey with center. I think the, the the position is just so valuable. And yeah, you have to value at center that's the absolute highest position in hockey for me. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think when you look at success of teams, there's going to be, you're going to have to have a number one center. That's just kind of the success trait of the NHL in today's day and age that the best teams in the league had that number one consolidated center. So I think it's a great analogy that when you look at Super Bowl champions, it's very rare to have a team that doesn't have a very talented QB unless it's the Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Foles, but you can get into that another day. But yeah, I totally see the comparison. I think it's crucial to have a number one center. It's crucial to have a quarterback in football to be successful. Oh, dope. I agree. So uh, yeah, so we can move on. Move on to wingers. Uh, BMAC, uh, I want to start start off with you again. Why don't you give us your top five consolidated winger list? Yeah, so I have Cooch number one. I wasn't sure if uh, we were including him uh, because he's injured this year, but he is my number one. Uh, Patrick Kane still not the best defensive player, but man, is he such an offensive weapon. Uh, then I have Panarin at number three. This might be a little bit of a hot take. I have Mark Stone at number four. My opinion, the best defensive forward in the NHL. Not even a centerman, but still the best defensive forward in the NHL. This guy strips pucks like no tomorrow. Uh, and five, I have a kind of tie between Pasternak, Marner, and Marshawn. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I have Dreisaitl, Kane, Stone, Kucherov, and Pasternak. But it's really my honorable mentions I want to get to. And one guy who wasn't mentioned in your list is Matthew Kachuk. Like, and also Kaprizov. I'm big on Kaprizov. Real Kaprizov, yeah. Not yet. Not yet. I agree, not yet. But that guy has, he's got a lot of swag for a first-year player. Yeah. Have you guys watched him play? Have you watched him play? He's electric. He's electric. He's fucking ridiculous. Like, this guy, he's transforming the Minnesota Wild into a playoff contender. No questions asked. No, for sure. 100% agree. And Nigel, see your list. Uh, so I went Pasternak number one. Uh, I think that he's the best goal scorer in the NHL outside of Austin Matthews. I think he's an incredible talent. Uh, two, I went Patrick Kane. Uh, like you said, not he's never really been a great defensive player, but that guy's a wizard with the puck. One of the best passers, one of the best puck handlers in the league. I got Mark Stone at three. I think, uh, I think he's the best defensive forward in the NHL. He's great offensively as well. Uh, really great passer, decent goal scorer. Four, I, I still got to put Ovi there. Guy's been in the like Rocket Richard race the last four seasons, five seasons. Even though he hasn't had a great year this year, uh, I still got to put Ovi on the list. I should preface this with I left off Kucherov because he's out all year. So Kucherov would probably be my top five, but I uh, I left him off. And then I also have a tie at five. Uh, I would probably put Panarin or Marchand here, but Panarin obviously kind of fucked up situation going on with him right now. So we don't know when he's going to be back in the NHL. Uh, so I'll say Marner slash Marshawn at five for me. Yeah. Um, so like Nigel, I left Kuch off just because of his injury this year. He would be my top three, hundred percent, but number one, I got pasta. 
Number two, still got Patrick Kane. Still think he's one of the best players in the league. So talented with the puck. Number three, I have Brad Marchand. Number four, none of, none of you mentioned this, but he's one of my favorite players in the league, Jonathan Huberto. I think he's probably one of the most underrated players in the league. Such a good two-way forward. Puts up great numbers. And then number five, I got Mark Stone as well. It's very interesting to see all those Florida guys being underrated. It's just not a market where you get the publicity you need to be one of those huge names. I mean, Mark Stone, a player who I, I've loved for like the last five years, he was so underrated in Ottawa. And then as soon as he got to Vegas, people finally started realizing like how fucking good Mark Stone is. And I think like it's a similar thing for Hudo and Barkov. It's like just the market they play and just screws them over a little bit. Yeah, that was a tough trade, man. Like the day we traded Mark Stone as an Ottawa Senators fan was hard. Like, that was like the end of it all. That was the end of that team that yeah. made the Eastern Conference Finals, right? So, yeah. But he, he's a beast captain too. Like you couldn't ask for, if he's one of the few players in NHL where if I can start my roster, like I'd start it around him. Um, one guy kind of like him. No one mentioned in the center position is Ryan O'Reilly. What are your guys' thoughts on him? Because you 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 valued Mark Stone for his two way defensive potential, or play, but you didn't talk about O'Reilly for his defensive play. Thoughts? For me, uh, I just don't think his offensive games at the same level as Mark Stone. He obviously had a crazy run, uh, Conn Smythe winning Stanley Cup winning performance two years ago in the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs. But I last year, or uh, yeah, last year in the bubble wasn't really great offensively. This year he's kind of struggled a bit. I think he's a great player. I think, yeah, one of the best two-way. Obviously, he has Selkie awards to prove it. Uh, one of the best defensive players in the league. I just don't think his offensive capabilities are at the level of someone like Barkov or someone like Mark Stone. When looking at two-way players for me. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, just let's the Sands, he's a very, very talented player. He's a very useful player for that Blues team. Someone, mm. who, like we talked, who's probably going to be on Team Canada because of the role he's going to play as a shutdown role. But yeah, like Nigel said, I don't think his offensive abilities up the level of Mark Stone or like I mentioned, Jonathan Hubro to kind of put him in that conversation with how talented that center group is with the high and talent McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon, like we talked about. So yeah, but I think he's still a dynamic player, but just because of that offensive ability, I'm not going to put him in my top five. You boys want to move on to defenseman now, or any other any other takes you got, Willie, about the, the winger position? Well, you know, none of you guys mentioned I mentioned him, but none of you guys mentioned Matthew Kachuk or Brady Kachuk. But goddamn, I love those players, man. Like Brady Kachuk and Matthew Kachuk, just laying the ball, just they're into it every single game. And one thing I I, I love watching Brady is it seems like he loves playing hockey and he's yeah, out there having a good old time and. Same with his brother. It's just, it's so refreshing and awesome to see um, from an organizational perspective. Yeah, I think he's probably like him and Shabbat, obviously the two biggest bright spots for a bit of a dumpster fire in organization. So I think the fact that, yeah, like you said, you can watch someone like, <laughs> you can watch someone like Brady Kachuk uh, day in, day out, smile, play hockey. Uh, I mean, I hey, listen, as long as Pierre Dorian's there and as long as Eugene Melnick's there, for me, that's a dumpster fire in organization. So I can't, <laughs> I can't. I can't give it the love it deserves until they get rid of those guys for me. But why, why Pierre Dorian? Pierre Dorian's made some bad trades. Like, the, uh, like let's just look at the off season he had. Bringing in Gabranson for me was a very questionable move. Signing Matt Murray to that contract after he put up terrible numbers last year was a really interesting move. Bringing in uh, on the same time he's made good moves. I like the Evgeny Dadadov signing. I think he's a great player. That's a good depth piece. He's had some decent depth pickups, like you know, low risk bets, sure, but. 
like bringing in players like Gabranson, even Derek Stefan bringing him in. I didn't see the need for that in a young team. Why you're going to give up a second round pick for someone like Derek Stefan. I don't know. I, he's made some bad trades. I still think you guys could have got way more for Eric Carlson back in the day. I still think you could have got way more for Mark Stone. Um, that's just my personal opinion though. Interesting. We'll have to continue this conversation <laughs> at a different date. Yeah, for sure. Really is a big, big Senators best <laughs> in the NHL. Uh, Stanley Cup contender in three years, but uh, we can move on the defenseman. BMAC, why don't you start us off again with your, your top five? See, I always get the start here. It must be because I have the best list. Um, <laughs> I'm just but, going in the order of like position on the Zoom screen right now. <laughs> but uh, I got Victor Hedman at one. Uh, he's my clear cut number one defenseman in the NHL right now. Of he's, course you do. He's so good. Where's number 77? Number I wore when I played. So that's a big plus for him. Uh, number two, I got Roman Yossi. Oh one of the best skating defensemen in the NHL. He carries the puck from zone to zone. Like not really any other defenseman, maybe other than a Kale McCarr can do. Uh, and with that said, Kale McCarr is my third best defenseman. Uh, number four, maybe a bit of a hot take. I got Charlie McAvoy. His two-way game is is so good and he is the reason why they can let go of maybe Azadeno Chara uh, and have McAvoy fill that kind of shutdown role while being a great offensive weapon. And number five, six, I got uh, Alex Petrolangelo and Shea Theodore from the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I kind of have them tied right now, but those are two great defensemen as well. Willie, once you, uh, I saw your facial expressions on that list. So once you start off with your thoughts and, uh, Say your I'm, list as I'm well. just not a big fan of the list. I think the list sucks. I don't know. Wow. I like the list. <laughs> That's just my opinion. <laughs> well, let's hear yours then. Let's see. Yeah, it. I'd love to hear this. Okay. So um my list goes Kel McCarr number one. Wow. Kel okay. McCarr. Wow. <laughs> wow. No question. No question. Kel McCarr is gonna change the position forever. The, the defensive position will never be the same. You'll see it in the drafts for years to come. You'll see it in prospect development. Kel McCarr is going to switch it up, and you're going to see it very similar with uh, right. Brent Clark. Yeah, yeah, I think Brent Clark's a stud. I agree. Um, Victor Hedman, Yossi, and then I have – I forget. I don't know his first name, but I think it's Miro, Miro Heiskinen. Heiskinen. Yeah, Miro yeah he's Heiskinen. a stud. Stud. And absolute, stud. absolute dark horse, Jeff Petrie. Oh, come on. Oh, no. Don't take that back. Take you're telling me my list. He, his goal, he, his stats are inflated because he scored like eight goals this year, and that's yeah, why people think man. he's good. Suddenly, <laughs> listen, listen. Don't. I, I also have a lot of dark horses too. All right. Uh, Jonas Brodin, absolutely. Yeah, beat that's a good show. Minnesota, uh, put up points. Connor Murphy, he's really good defensively. What? He he can play with the puck. Solid player. And Jake McCabe on Buffalo, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Jake <laughs> McCabe's an absolute beast. You're naming like. Guys that aren't even in their like top four on the their own team. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the wild the, the Jonas Brody shout is interesting considering they have like Jared Spurgeon and Matt Dumba. But like, I'll hear it out. I I think Jonas Brody's great. Um, it, it's definitely a it's definitely a take. But, I don't know. Uh, Pet- Petrangelo is just like he's I a stud. He just doesn't do anything wrong for me. Right? Yeah. Like he just does everything right. Willie, before we move on to Nadja's list, talk about Jeff Petrie as your number five. I'm <laughs> Well, when we we're talking about the Canadian list last year, you like didn't have him anywhere on any of those lists. So I'm curious to see why he's at your number five now, and you didn't even mention him last week. Is this something that came up over the week? Or yeah, absolutely. So um, a young man by the name of Connor Gilhuli oh, okay. helped me out with this list, and um, he and put, he's an idiot. And he, he listen, he, apparently, 
he put him in this. this the, the reason I like him is he he's big. Um, and defensively, he, he can he plays how I want him to play. He's strong in front of the net. Um, you know, he can push people around. He's kind of like a bully out there. Uh, offensively, he's got a powerful shot and he can skate and move with the puck. He's, um, you know, a, a phenomenal player that, you know, uh, I, I really enjoy watching him play. And another player that I also have on my list is Mir Heiskanen. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think he gets the respect he deserves either. He's had a pretty bad year so far. Um, but I think he's a phenomenal player who kind of like a unicorn on the ice. Can I go back to that? You named Connor Murphy and Jay McCabe. <laughs> McCabe man. I want to clear this up for our Is listeners. Like a- they don't think you're that much of an idiot. <laughs> Those guys are in like the fifties, right? For oh, no. Defenseman? Oh, I, I, like, listen, I'm not saying they're the best like, defenseman. On, in the world. I put them way. I put them D- Duncan, past 50. Duncan Keith's yeah. better than Connor Murphy. There's no question about this, but however, all I'm saying is some dark horse is going to come okay. out in three years. You guys are going to see. Don't worry. Yeah, the one thing I – so we're talking about the Jeff Peachy thing, but I'm still flabbergasted by that. I'm sorry. Um, like when you're thinking of the North Division, where does Jeff Peachy rank as a defenseman? Like is he – so yeah, I, I say he's in top five. I'm curious, uh, BMAC, uh, Nigel, what are your thoughts on the North Division? Where do you rank Jeff Peachy as being Leafs fans? For me? I don't, I don't know if he makes the top five for me. In the North Division, I I look at guys like for me from my perspective, I Morgan Riley has to be in there. Yep. I think you got to put Josh Morrissey in there. He's a great defenseman on on Winnipeg. You could even make the show. Okay, obviously you got to go Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes yep. makes my top five list. Uh, spoiler alert. So I'm, I'm a big Quinn Hughes advocate. Uh, I think you could. It gets after that. I mean, yeah, you can make the show maybe at four or five, but I don't You're think put- he's a. I'd have Thomas Shabbat in there yeah, too. Yeah, okay, Thomas Shabbat too. I'd actually put Shabbat above. Yeah, I'd put hold, him above. Hold up, let's I, let's I would, actually have. I would this rather going. I'd rather have Weber over Peachy. I only think Peachy's the best defense on that team. I'd rather take Weber, who's just better defensively, and I, I think they're similar, but I just rather Weber on my team than Jeff Peachy. You would get. Okay, you guys honestly would rather have Mike Riley on your team than Jeff Peachy. No, no, who no. said that? No one said that. Morgan Riley. Morgan sorry, Riley. sorry, 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 sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> sorry, too many Rileys, too many Rileys. Morgan Riley. I, I, I understand. Yeah, better skater, 100%. better puck mover. Maybe not as good defensively, but for the role he plays, I think he does a better job. And at the age of, was he 20, 28, probably Morgan Riley? 27? Yeah. I'm not sure how old he is now, but I would. I think Morgan Riley's, I don't have him on my list, but he's one of the best defense to the league because of the, the tangles he brings on the offensive side of him. Why? Like, you're, you're playing defense. If I needed... Someone to score goals, I would go and sign not Nino Niederreiter. I would go and get a forward. Yeah, I don't are you comparing? You just, you just but, making this but argument to, with the guy who's leading the NHL in goals from the defensive position. Like you're completely contradicting your argument. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I mean, like but, it's not like the, close the, to the my reason opinion. I would take Petrie over Riley is because Petrie's better defensively. Yes or no? Is he yes, yes. or no? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, fan, I know. And Riley's he's also knocker. better than him so far this year. I don't care about. No. no. I well, the argument I'll make to counter this is you put Kale McCarr Kale as your number one defenseman in exactly. NHL, and he's not that great defensively. <laughs> his numbers defensively aren't exactly. He's he's got astronomically good exactly. offensive numbers, but his defensive metrics, his Corsi four while on the ice. I'm just pulling it up right now. Like he's no. not even he's not even a top thirty defor- uh, Corsi against in the NHL. So that that pre- uh, defensively speaking, he is not technically a top thirty. I'm just I'm just that from my perspective, I I I value yeah the defensive side of things too. But Kale McCarr is 
That's a phenomenal point. Well, (laughs) I would like to throw this stat out there. And Kale McCarr has the third highest uh, expect relative expected goals in the NH in the NHL as a defenseman right now behind Jake McCabe and Dmitry Kulikov somehow. And this stat is uh, pretty much what their on ice expected goals percentage is. He's at uh, 62%. And then that's minus uh, the expected goals for his team while he's off the ice. Uh, so I would like to throw that out there. Kale McCarr is definitely maybe underrated a little defensively. People knock him on that just because he's a little young, but he is, he's a great offensive player and still yeah, a pretty no, good for sure. player. Capable. And Nigel, did, did you say Josh Morrissey over Neil Pioink? Yeah, that's you could you can make the argument for either of them. Uh, Pionk's has, has had the better year this year, but I think like going off the last couple of years, I'd say Morrissey's been the better player. But Pionk's been great, so I, I I'd hear that for sure. I'm with yeah. Nige. I, I would rather Morrissey too. Yeah, than Pionk. That's again the offensive defensive argument. I think Pionk's probably a little better offensively, but uh, Morrissey's the better defensive player. Yeah, hundred percent agree. All right, now I just hear uh, your top five. We got the Quinn Hughes spoiler. Let's hear the rest of it. Yeah, so I first I've got Victor Hedman. I he for me still the the best defenseman in the league. Uh, secondly, I gotta go Roman Yossi. Def, uh, yeah, reigning Norris winner, zone exit god. Um, you know, eight point four zone exits a game, which was the highest ever recorded in NHL history last year. Uh, since they've been keeping track of that stat, uh, five point four zone entries a game as well, which also led the league. Guy was an absolute machine last year. Uh, three, I got Petrangelo. I still think he's. A very, very obviously his numbers aren't gonna be as flashy this year, uh, sharing time with someone like Shea Theodore, but he's still one of the best defensive defensemen slash offense. He's just an all-around great defenseman for me. Uh four, I got Quinn Hughes. Uh, he plays a shit ton of minutes. He I think is better defensively than McCarr, and he's not that far behind McCarr offensively. He's leading the league in points this year, obviously, as a defenseman. Again, that is kind of inflated because of the amount of ice time he has in Vancouver and the shitty division of the North Division. And then number five, I've got like, I've got a lot of people who could go here. I, I had to consider John Carlson with the crazy year he had last year. I had to consider Miro Heiskin. I'm a huge fan of him. He was a beast in the playoffs last year. And then also Kale McCarr could easily go here too. So those are kind of like three guys who I put at the fifth position. But if I had to pick one, I would probably go John Carlson just based off of last year. All right. This I like is it. a list I can agree with. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like, go ahead, Willie, before I go with my list. That zone entry style. Where you, did you get that from, Corey Snajder? Uh, it's it's the Point Hockey, which is like a statistics website. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, zone zone exits, zone entries, uh, is is an interesting stat to fall for from a defensive point of view. I think it's a really worthwhile stat, especially zone exits, um, as that is like your job as a defenseman, right? So, pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. So I got the the same top two as both. Nigel and BMAC. We got Hedman at one, Yossi at two. I have Makar at three. I think BMAC, you had that too, right? Yeah. And then number four, I have Petrolangelo. And number five, I have someone that hasn't mentioned in Seth Jones. I think Seth Jones is an incredibly good defensive defenseman. Watching that series, uh, Blue Jackets, the Leafs last year, I witnessed how much Seth Jones plays and how big of an impact he is on the ice and shutting down star players like Nostra Matthews or Mitch Marner. So I had to put him in there just because of the experience I had in the playoffs last year. Yeah, I think Seth Jones may get worse offensive numbers just because he plays on a team with Zach Wierenski, who might be one of the best offensive defensemen in the league. So I think he might get a bad knock for maybe not 
as good offensive numbers as some of these guys, but that's just because if he were playing in this offensive role that Wierenski is, he would probably put up similar numbers. I fully agree. I think uh, I think Seth Jones, he's having a tough year this year points-wise, but he's still stud defensively, like you said, Adam. Uh, yeah, firsthand watching what he did to Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander last year. Very, very good defensive defenseman. Will you have any uh, discrepancies with my list? or No, no discrepancies. More of a philosophical question. Um, when, I, when I was sitting with some of my uh, roommates earlier today, they asked me a question of, would you pay a defenseman? And my obvious answer was yes. But I kind of think back to Petrangelo signing this past summer and just my personal preference and how I go about my business is I don't, I would, I would not have given Petrangelo the contract that he has. And I see he's popped up on all of your lists as a top five player, but sorry, I think two, two out of your list. I think we all have them. Um, so like, would you guys have given him that contract? Yeah, I think he's good enough to deserve it right now. I'm worried about it in the future as he is getting up there in age. Um, but right now it's definitely worth that contract. He's one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Uh, what are your thoughts, boys? Yeah, I 100% agree. I think, in my opinion, it's a kind of a comparison to J- John Tavares in that contract. It's something that's probably going to hurt them in the future. Vegas and Toronto would be back end of that deal going into their later 30s. But as of right now, when he signed that contract, he is an outstanding defenseman, top 500% of my books. And if I if I was the Vegas Golden Knights, I'd have no problem paying that, paying that price. Yeah, I agree. I think that signing takes Vegas from a team that's definitely a cup contender to a cup favorite. Just because you're basically you're taking Nate Schmidt and you're replacing him with Alex Petrangelo. I think Nate Schmidt's a great defenseman as well, but that's just a huge upgrade. And uh, I agree with what you said. Um, at the end of the, you know, you're trying to win now, so you have to give him turn for him to sign there. You're, but you're not trying to win in seven years. You're trying to win right yeah. now. So I agree. Well, while Petrangelo is in his prime, I'm okay with that contract. I get worried when I see someone like Eric Carlson who got like 11.5 million dollars a year to play in San Jose, and he's not good anymore like he's not he's a shadow of his past self the guy who we knew in ottawa um and obviously he's had tough luck with injury so it's obviously a risk giving a defenseman that much money i think but with someone like petrangelo it's looking like it's it's a decent bet so far yeah 100 agree uh so we can move on to goalie talk b mac i'll start with you again maybe it's the less i'll share but why don't you give us your top five this was the position group that I was by far the most excited to talk about with you guys. I have a like 14 way tie for fifth. <laughs> yes. <yeah, same> <laughs> so I got uh Vasilevsky number one, not all that close for me. He's the best yeah. goalie in the league. Yep. Um, Connor Hellebuck again, pretty clear two here. Uh, number three, I have another American uh, who's going to s- share the starting role in the Olympics with Hellebuck and John Gibson. Uh, he plays in Anaheim, so he may not get uh, some of the attention he deserves, but he is a special goalie and might be the number one goalie if you saw him playing in the playoffs and with a better team in front of him. Uh, number four, I have Tuka Rask. Uh, you've seen what he's done the past couple of years. He's an absolute beast. And then if I had to pick number five, I've got to show respect to Marc-Andre Fleury. He's having a great season. Um, did start behind Leonard, but, man, he is – Make some of the craziest saves you'll ever see. He's just all over the place in that. But I'm going to start naming off my 14-way tie here. <laughs> Marc-Andre Fleury, Mackenzie Blackwood, Shishjerkin, Carey Price, Carter Hart, Philip Grubauer, Frederick Anderson, Barlamov, Markstrom, Binnington, Hudobin, Bishop, 
Darcy Kemper, and Robin Leonard. Those guys, that that's like 14 guys that really there's any difference between them is quite minimal. So that's yeah. that's kind of interesting at the position where you see there's definitely tier gaps uh, in other positions like center. What are you guys' uh, lists here, Willie? Sh- Shishirkin. Is th- that's the guy on Islanders, correct? Uh, Rangers. no, he's Rangers. on the Rangers. 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 Yeah, yeah. Sorokin's the one on uh, the Islanders. Yeah, there's a lot of good Russian goalies coming yeah. out. You got Sorokin, Samsonov, and Shesterkin. All we were just uh, talking about that. Up. And and yeah. the guy on um the Capitals too. I Samson, uh, Samson, Samson, no, 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 no. The, uh, the guy. The guy. And, he's uh he's Czech. Vitek Vanacek. And what about the kid on? The Blackhawks too. Is he a Russian as well? Evan Lankinen is uh Finnish. Finnish, yeah. Finnish. Finnish. So we, we have a good amount of good tendies coming in. That yeah, that's do. a conversation for uh, for after this. Um okay, so my, my list goes Vajaleski, Hellebuck, Gibson, um Darcy Kemper, Mackenzie Blackwood. Respect that. Okay. So No, I, I respect that. You have that. anything I, to say about that, B Mac? No. No, I have nothing. I, you finally surprised me and had a good <laughs> list for once. I don't know how the fuck that happened. But. <laughs> yeah, I don't have Kemper on my list, but someone's considering. But when you look at his numbers, statistically, in the last year, two Ridiculous. years even, he's one of the best goalies in the league. The numbers he puts up, he's still underrated, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, he puts up insane numbers. So I, I agree with your list, like BMAC for once, really. So get on, yeah. I've got uh, Va- I've got Vasilevsky at number one too. Pretty hard to to go with anything other than that. Uh, Hello Bucket two for me as well. Uh, great season last year. One of the best goalies in the league. This is where I differ. I went Tuka Rask at three. Now he's not having a great statistically. He's having a decent year this year. Hasn't played as much as he has in past years. But this guy is still he 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 has some of the best quality in the NHL. I think he's he's very streaky for sure. Uh, but I think when he's on his game, he is still one of the most important players in the NHL uh, for their team at number four. I got Robin Leonard. I think he's a very, very good goalie. Put up a Vesna quality season last year. Obviously he he's injured right now and he's splitting time with flurry, but I think he's one hell of a goalie, Uh, a great pickup for Vegas last year. And then number five, I got John Gibson. I can't put him any higher just because his, he doesn't win a lot of games because he plays on such a shitty team. But I agree with the, the earlier sentiment that if he was on a team like, Tampa Bay, like the position Vasilevsky's in, he would be regarded as probably the best goalie in the NHL. He's probably the most, maybe the most talented goalie in the NHL, just plays on such a such a brutal Anaheim Ducks team. Yeah, um, 100% agree. I got the same top three as Nigel, Vasilevsky, Hellbuck, and Ross. Put Ross there just for the first hand, being a Leafs fan, seeing how many games he won in the, the playoff series they've had. And I got John Gibson at four. Number five, I have Jack, Jacob Markstrom. I think he's an outstanding goalie. Someone who's come, kind of coming on late in his career, but put up insane numbers last year. Well-deserved that contract with Calgary. And he's played well early on, even though he's injured. Um, there's like BMAC, there's so many people considering like Flurry, Kemper, Ben Bishop, Carter Hart. I think you can't go wrong. There's so many goalies that can buy for that top five spot. But I just put Markstrom on there because I think he's super talented. It, it's interesting that you mentioned Markstrom um, because I remember when he got traded for Luongo. Um, and, uh, when he was with the Florida Panthers, he got traded to Vancouver and he kind of, you know, played in Vancouver for a long time. And so one of the things I've been looking at is how to develop a goalie properly. And how do you, if you're a, a sport, uh, an organization, for example, let's say the, give me a team. Um, Carolina, Pan- uh, sorry, uh, um, Carolina Panthers. Panthers. Is that what you're about to say? Fuck. Cam Newton. <laughs> 
Hurricanes. Carolina <laughs> Hurricanes. Okay, Carolina Hurricanes. So you're them, and you recognize that you have a really solid defensive core. You have a really good offense in Aho, Smeshikov, and Nekech. Um, but you don't have that starting amazing goaltender like a Tuka Rask or um, Hellebuck. How do you develop that goaltender? Like, what do you do besides for trade for him? Goalies uh, are voodoo. <laughs> you just hope. You just yeah, hope. Honestly, that is, it is a big part. <laughs> Goalies are so hard to figure out, in my opinion. Like, you just yeah. have Jordan Bennington come out of absolute nowhere. nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Put up not good numbers in the AHL. Gets in the NHL, and oh, my God, this guy's a superstar. Like, goalies are – I don't know. There's some – like, you obviously evaluate them and, and try and figure out who the best ones are, but a, a lot of it, when it comes down to it, is, is luck. luck. Like, yeah, it's like when you look at, like, Devin Levi, for example, t the World Juniors. Exactly. Devin play, like, junior A hockey, plays, like, low-level low hockey. Like, still, like, high level, but, like, not the same level of the OHL. Um, and he just put up one of the best goaltender seasons in the world juniors it's like I've ever seen. Um, so I think it's a big part of yeah, luck. Um, I think someone can add his free agency. Someone with the Carolina Hurricanes or the Edmonton Oilers, for example, are going to probably splash cash from Frederick Anderson when he hits the market. Someone who's, he's a solid goal. I think he's, he's a good goal. He's streaky, but when Frederick Anderson's hot, he's plays at one of the highest levels in the NHL. But I think that's someone the Hurricanes could look and do if they have cap room. But I think someone like the Oilers will splash cast around to Frederick Anderson when he hits the market this offseason. Yeah, for me, goalies, I think the biggest, like, I guess, thing you can't do is rush goalies. I think now you're seeing that more than ever. Like, for example, Shesterkin, Sororkin, Samsonov, these guys are all making their NHL debuts at 22, 23. Whereas 10 years ago, you might have saw them coming in at 18, no, probably not 18, but 19, 20 years old after just one season. Um, clearly with these international goalies playing in the KHL, they want to give them as much time to develop as possible. And I think that's probably the best thing you can do. There's no sense rushing a highly touted goaltending prospect and then him having underperformed. I thought uh, the Flyers really took a risk with going with Carter Hart so early in his career. It's paid off. I think Carter Hart's an exceptional goalie, but uh, that was definitely a risky move for them because if, if that went south, like getting your confidence back at such a young age is definitely, I, I can't imagine as easy as a goalie. One of the most interesting things I saw was so the Carol- uh, fucking Florida Panthers uh, signed Bobrovsky to I think was it eight or ten years? Eight. You can't. Eight. You can't make. I thought it was seven years, ten mil anymore. Yeah, seven, yeah, seven years, ten mil. Yeah. Seven years, ten mil, and then they drafted Spencer Knight. Well, yeah. while well, they already had and Samuel Montembeau, yeah, and they had Samuel Montembeau as well. <laughs> Like yeah. I, I, it's it's just crazy. They're like, "Hey, yeah, Spencer Knight, here's seven years to develop." <laughs> like, yeah, see like, in seven that, years, buddy. That, con- that contract's unmovable too. No one's gonna. No, not but Broski sucks. Yeah, he's not playing good anymore. Coming yeah. to that contract, he's one of the best goalies in the league, but he's not playing that level, and that's something that's unmovable. He's probably just gonna get released in the future when Spencer Knight's ready. Because Spencer Knight, as we saw in the World Juniors gold medal game, is a dynamic goalie who yeah. has like number one in like elite potential in the NHL if he develops correctly and properly what are you guys thoughts on uh yaroslav askarov he can't even hold on to his <laughs> properly like come on uh he is one of the highest uh, i'm, I'm kind of joking there he's a highly touted uh prospect and i think he'll be really good but uh that was really funny to watch in the world oh, juniors where hilarious. he just needed duct tape on his stick somehow i hope he had like a broken <laughs> hand or something wrong with his hand because it was yeah. embarrassing yeah. is it just me when you watch him play he's like a pretty crazy goal in the crease he's not like a sound calm goalie he like he makes a lot he loves of like, to play the puck yeah he loves to play the puck he's just like in my opinion being a goalie someone i that i played like i did not have great technique i'm not saying he doesn't but like someone who just like looks kind of frantic in the net i'm not taking anything away because he's a dynamic 
goaltender prospect, but in my opinion, he just looks a bit frantic, at least what I saw in the World Juniors from him. He's a, he's almost one of those guys that I like because they have that kind of Marco Andre Flurry where they yeah, can they, scramble yeah, all over yeah, the net. But if yeah. they develop those that technique to go along with their great instincts, yeah. um, he could be a great goalie. Um, so yeah. Okay, so you're a general manager for your team. What's the highest you draft a goaltender? I think around the ten to fifteen range, like where they've been going the last couple of years, where Spencer so, Knight, Askarov went twelve. I think so Askarov I, is going to be a great goalie, so I think twelve is like a solid spot to draft him. So you have seven overall. You absolutely it's against your philosophy. You I, I just trade do down because no, I, I know no one else is going to do it. No one's no one's bold enough to take a goalie in the top ten anymore. After because you look at the goalies who've gone first overall, Mark Andre Fleury. Okay, that worked out, but Rick DiPietro, right? Like Carey <laughs> Price. Carey Price worked out, sure, but it, it's it's too gutty for me to to draft a goalie first overall or even higher than like tenth. See, just I, I would draft a goalie anywhere. It's it's not like football where I wouldn't take yeah. a running back in the top 10 yeah. even if it's Saquon yeah. Barkley I agree fully agree. but uh if I have the, if I have a goalie evaluated as my best prospect I have Take no him. problem taking him yeah I find it hard to believe that I would yeah but I might the the other point I just want to quickly add was when you look at these guys so Sam Sonoff Sororkin Shosturkin all these guys are third round or later draft picks right like you, like we said earlier, being a goalie is a crapshoot. Like you, you take a risk on one of these guys in the KHL, and they end up being a stud in the K. Then they come over and perform for you. There's no way to clearly, clearly evaluate goalies because they all develop at such different paces, right? So, I, I think yeah, goaltending is really a crapshoot. Well, it's such a mental game, man. Like you don't know what's going on in someone's head, and like yeah. you just don't know how strong mentally. Like one of the best mental performances I've ever seen was Bennington. He literally said, "I'm gonna win a Stanley Cup." And it is what it is. Like, I'm yeah. sorry for everyone involved, but it's going to happen. And he did it. Well, that, that's a good point. Because you look at Robin Leonard, who has come out a lot about his mental illness that he, he was facing in Buffalo. And then you put him in a better situation when he went to the Islanders and then Chicago and now uh, on Vegas. But you put him in a better situation and he's flourished. Like, I, I forget, Nige, did you have him in your top five? Yeah, I had, him him? In, I had him at four. Yeah, I yeah. think he's a really, really good goalie. So he's he's a really good goalie, and I, I think goalie is one of those positions where you do need to take care of these guys' mental health. Like, it's a very important to the position. Yeah, 100% agree. Although um, it, it's very important for any position, too. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. But. So uh, actually, while we we're talking, I kind of thought of a two-minute warning we can do for the hockey, uh, given our latest conversation. So we can do one for this, one for USC as well. Make it a, kind of a double action. So I'll ask you guys, you boys, a question. So with Astral probably potentially playing in his third World Juniors next year, I'm pretty confident he will. Can you name the last goalie to play in three World Juniors? I, I'm actually pretty sure I know it. Yeah. Do I just do I just go for it? Isn't it Andre yeah, go Vasilevsky? For it. Isn't go, it Vasilevsky? Go, go. Yeah. Uh, it is Vasilevsky, right? Yeah. yeah. That was my guess too. Yeah. I didn't go yeah. though. Vasilevsky, you don't know, fucking yeah. balls. You know I the know, balls. I know. Nige, Nige is taking my crown here. <laughs> wow. Honorary. Man, Honorary. but like. When oh, I was shit. thinking about that, just about Askarov, like when Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky was one of the best goalies ever in the World Juniors. He was so good on those Russian teams that went down to the wire with Kim, yeah. um, those gold medal stretch them. But yeah. Well, I think that's all the time we have today on Ball Hawk Talk. I want to thank everyone for listening, especially Nigel for joining us today. We'll see you next time, everyone.